Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. So I was talking to a guy just the other day, and he took everything incredibly seriously. He'd tell me about, well, I woke up in the morning, I got myself a bowl of cereal, cornflakes, uh, with a bit of milk, of course, and got ready, went off to work, and uh, through the traffic I drove in my car, and just all this random, serious stuff. And the fact is that nobody really takes him seriously, which is kind of sad because he must do it as some sort of defensive mechanism or some some way or intention of actually being taken serious where it's actually making the opposite happen. So this episode will focus on something different. It'll focus on what if life is actually fun? And if it's not, how can you make it fun? Because face it, in this life, there's way too much sadness, way too much bad stuff. And if we don't learn how to flip it around, then, well, we just get stuck. So we're going to look at social experiments this episode. Now, if you refer to, I think, my fourth podcast I've done, it talks about social experiments. And I had Jason Cumley on, and he actually developed the game Rejection Therapy. So if you get around to it, listen to the social fabric and the scissors to cut through it, which is episode number four. And it goes into that further. But but let's look at this episode. With social experiments, too much of it is just plain weird or strange. And also not enough of it is limiting and it makes really, really for a dull life. So when you do it, just make sure that you're not going overboard, that you're not saying this is absolutely silly, I'm not going even going to consider it. And also just be smart with it. As I always say, discernment. Make sure that what you do is legal, that it's safe, and it's ethical. And I think that with social ex- experiments, you can break it down into two categories. There's the stupid and funny categories. And these are the ones that are really entertaining to watch on YouTube or pop up on your Facebook feed. And, and they're great. But the ones that I think are really beneficial are the ones that focus on growth, learning, and just pure enjoyment. And I've categorized these into three categories. The first one is rejection games. As I said, in episode four, we have Jason Cumley talk about his game, Rejection Therapy. So check that one out. But the rejection game is basically all about learning how to be rejected. Only once you're comfortable with being rejected, you're not scared of it. Once you know that a no doesn't mean that you're going to suffer, that a no doesn't take away your spirit, that you are stronger than that, then then you can form some sort of resilience and you can come up and say, next, you can say whatever you want to take it to the next level. So in the game of rejection therapy, typically you'd go up to somebody and try and get rejected. And the most safe way to do this is probably going up to businesses like shops. And again, being safe, 
legal and ethical. So you don't go up there and ask for crazy, crazy stuff, but you can be a little bit, a little bit weird. So you can go up and, and say you like this shirt and, and ask if there's any discount available. Oh, there's no discount available. Congratulations. You've got one point and you're trying to get say 10 or 20 points per game. If they say that maybe there is a discount available, do you have a seniors card or do you have a special card or whatever it is? You just say no, but I really like it or, or whatever. And just try and push it and push it and push it until you get no. Now, there are some funny stories. Some people have actually gone out there, tried to be rejected and actually failed at it. I've heard of a guy who went up to one of those juice stores and he asked if he could get all of these things added to his juice, asked if he could have a discount and he kept they kept saying yes, yes, yes. And eventually he walked away with a free juice and he failed. So it's kind of a very interesting process because if you fail the game, then I suppose you win, but the game is aimed at failing, okay? So number one is rejection games. Number two, acceptance games. And this is the absolute opposite. And this is where you go until you get accepted. So this is where you have to be very careful with your request. Instead of going straight in and saying, hey, this is great, can I have a discount? You could look at it and you could ask if they have one with a special style attached to it that you know is they might 50-50 have that available. And then when they do, you might be able to broach some sort of discount. Maybe you could ask for a slightly higher discount and get a little bit lower discount. And essentially, be prepared to buy what you're going for because this is acceptance therapy. But it's all about being accepted. Now, again, it's not comfortable, but we'll go into it further if you're not comfortable with this sort of thing. And finally, there's the major games. Major games basically is all about testing your frame. And that's when you go into a situation and you have to hold your frame regardless of what the situation is. So once you've tried any of these games, the takeaways is number one, that you can do it, that you're not limited by what your normal behavior is. Number two is that your horizons are expanded so much. Then you also have an understanding and this deep experimental knowledge is so much greater than the theoretical knowledge that we all have. We've all read the books. We've all heard the people talking about it. But until you've actually done it, it creates a new level, a new layer. And finally, it absolutely enhances your skills and abilities. And as you grow in this area, your life and the opportunities start to grow. Again, your horizons start to expand. Now, if you're bored, any situation can become fun, but just by throwing in a version of this sort of thing. However, if you're really anxious about anything that I've said, firstly, that's a natural response. But secondly, you can tone it right down, bring it right back to basics. So first of all, when you go up to ask the business for something, you can simply just ask them a basic question like, do they sell this sort of product when you kind of know that they don't? There's an easy rejection just to start you off with. Another one that you can do with friends is you can either try and make it so you say a word or get somebody else to say the word during the conversation. 
I know of a guy and he went through the military and in the military presentations, they had this funny game where they had to bring up this one word in their presentations and people would stand up and they'd, they'd talk and suddenly drop in this word or they'd do a presentation on PowerPoint and suddenly a slide would come up with the animal, which was the word that they were looking for. Apart from being a lot of fun, it's also a great way to bond with other people. Now back to the third game, the major game, where we test our frames. I didn't actually go into it yet because I wanted to finish on it. When we talk about frames, it's about maintaining your beliefs, maintaining your identity, maintaining your intention at the risk of everything else. So that means you go in with so much certainty that nothing else can throw you off. This is incredibly powerful because you learn so much about yourself and your abilities and how your limitations are actually just self-imposed until you actually go out there and really test your frame and see what you can get away with, you will find out that you are capable of so much more than you ever thought. Always make sure you don't go overboard. Don't go out there to hurt or embarrass people. Don't go out there and do anything that's illegal, but just go out there and try it out. One way you could do this is to get into a really powerful frame. Imagine you're that most resourceful person you know. Use the four A's from the Alpha Dude system. Get yourself in peak state. Use some NLP anchoring technology, whatever it is. And then you walk into the establishment. You are now oblivious to other people's feedback. You're not worrying about what other people think about you. You are in this powerful frame. As you walk through, you don't care if other people look at you and think, what's wrong with this guy or where he's getting his energy from. You just go in there being congruent, making sure that you have integrity and that you have some form of positivity. Maybe you'll walk in, there'll be the security guard. You'll greet him, maybe shake his hand, have a talk to him, walk through, say hi to everyone that you meet. Don't worry if they don't respond back to you because you're holding that strong frame. You go out there, you say hi to the attendant, you, you buy your stuff, and you walk out like you've just been the mayor walking through a group of your community that all know and respect you. Now, obviously, they're all strangers, and you probably won't see them again, which makes this the perfect playground to deal with. It becomes your own playground, and kind of like game theory, which is applied to various areas of study to understand why a person makes a particular decision and how the decisions made by one individual affects others, you have this opportunity to see how other people react to you in these situations and how you can react in these situations simply by changing things beforehand. And in this case, we're talking about your mental energy and visualizations and other exercises that are similar to this. So go out there, have fun, don't go overboard, and let me know how you got on. Go out there and have fun with social experiments. But one thing you do not want to mess around with is your family and your home relationships. These are the foundations in which we build our lives on. Once you have a solid foundation here, then you can go out 
and change things however you want to. To explore this more deeply, we bring back Wasim, and he's going to be presenting a masterclass on how to have a great relationship with your wife and be the influence that you need. Hi, welcome to today's masterclass, empowering men to reignite the passion in their marriage and become the top influencer in their kids' lives. My name is Wasim Dabusi, Master Coach and Man Decoded. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you strategies and tips and tricks on how you can reignite the passion in your marriage and also reconnect with your children and become the number one influencer in your children's lives. We live in a society today where our children are easily influenced with social media, with a lot of social media influencers out there. The challenge with that is that they may not be the type of influencer that you want with uh, you want for your children the challenge on top of this is that the problem starts from the top and this is why tonight i'm going to be talking about reigniting the passion in your marriage and the side benefit of that is going to be you will become an influencer in your children's life because they will look up to you they will respect you and they will see you as a role model before i get into it what I'm going to cover with you tonight is a little bit of the backstory or literally of the history, I should say, of how we got to where we are today in today's society with so many challenges in relationships and families. I'm sure you all agree that um, divorce and breakups are an all-time high, um, as well as broken families, as well as children and, um, and parents not having the right connection, especially when they hit their teenage years. I've been fortunate enough to navigate through that and bring my relationship from the ashes back to passion and beyond. And I've also been fortunate enough that I've been able to connect with my children and have them not only as my children, but also I call them my brothers in arms. My kids, I've only got boys, so I like to call them brothers in arms, but they're also my best friends. They look up to me, they respect me, they know that there are lines they can cross and they know there are lines they can't cross. The respect is there, but the friendship is always there. And it's my pleasure to be able to share this with you tonight. Let's get started. So the truth about gender roles, and this is one of the biggest challenges that I see today in many, many relationships. We've come from a society or we've come from a, a culture, I should say, where previously, say 150 years ago or so, women were not allowed to drive, not allowed to vote. Women had very, very little rights. Then we went into the Industrial Revolution, World War One, World War II, et cetera. Men were sent away to war and women stepped into um, the workplace and the workforce. Then we had the women's movement. Now, before anybody starts getting angry with what I'm about to say, you need to understand this. I have no problems with empowering women. I'm all for women having productive roles and, and contribute to society. My wife is the head of a high school and she is a, um, she's a very strong, independent, dominant woman who is in her own right, worked her way up from a teacher to being the head of a high school. She has my total support in that. I don't have an issue with women having strong leadership roles, running businesses, being CEOs, being presidents, being prime ministers, whatever it is, I don't have an issue with this. What I'm talking about right now is the confusion between gender roles in a relationship. 
We need to understand, and this cannot be um, debated, men and women are different. We are genetically different. We think different. We act different. We have different emotions. Our bodies are different. Our emotions are different. We are two different species, or not species, I should say, we are two different types of humans. So therefore, our needs and our wants are different. We also have a male, a masculine energy and a feminine energy. And this is natural in every aspect of life, whether it's humans, whether it's animals, we all have male and feminine, uh, masculine and feminine, males and females. This is what we need to be able to survive and reproduce and go forth as a, uh, as a species or as humans. So we need to understand that this is natural, it's biological and there's no change in that. 90% of men are generally masculine in nature, predominantly masculine in nature. 90% of women are predominantly feminine in nature. So once we understand that, then we can go forward and understand the roles of the genders in a relationship. I want you to think about this. Everything in the world has polarities. If you are an electrician or if you know anything about electricity, you know there's positive and negative. Positive and positive don't work together. You want electricity, you want power to your battery, you've got to have a positive current and a negative current. That's how electricity runs. With magnetism, you have positive and negative. You try and put two positives together and what happens? They repel. You need the positive and you need the negative. The negative. This is called polarity. The same thing with North Pole and South Pole. Positive, negative, polarity. There's nothing wrong with this. It's not negative. It is just the way life is and just the way we work. We need to understand that this is also important in a relationship. It is important for us to identify whether we are a masculine or a feminine and how this is going to play out in a relationship. We are living in a society today where people are confused about their own energies and whether they are masculine or feminine. And therefore, when they go into a relationship, they start having issues because their needs and wants are not met. That is my number one point about the gender roles. Moving to the next point, I'd like to speak about the children and the impact of children on a relationship. Once again, in our society, we are told that once we have children, we need to put the children first. And you know what? I've done that. I've gone down that path. And as a father, I absolutely love my kids. They are my world. And if they need anything, everything stops for them. The challenge is this. The mother and the father, the parents in the family, they are the ones that have been the role models for these children. Now, when you put the children first, you are actually eroding at the relationship because the children come first, whatever they need comes first. And then what happens is we start putting our needs and our wants of the relationship um, after the children and therefore become secondary. This is where the couples start to drift apart. They're no longer having their needs met in a, in a relationship and they start having resentment against each other because their needs aren't met, aren't met. This becomes the role model for children. What I'm proposing is we need to put the relationship first and the children second. Now, what I mean by that is make sure you are making time to work on your relationship because this is going to be the role model that your kids are going to look at. When I, when I and my wife had our relationship second and our children first, 
it caused a divide between us because neither of us were having their needs met. We were both always stressed out. We we're always running around after the children. And then when we got to rock bottom and we had to rebuild from the ashes, we decided to put us first. That doesn't mean we don't care for our children. We love our children and we care about our children and we make sure they are provided for. But that means we are also making sure there is time for us. We are also making sure that we are working on our relationship, that we are making sure our relationship gets better and better all the time. So why should you listen to me? I'm going to share with you right now a little bit about my personal development journey. And I'm only going to share this with you, not to impress you, but to impress upon you. After I share this, I'm going to share with you my personal relationship journey with my wife. And I'm going to show you the similarities of how both these things, uh, how the personal development had an effect on a relationship. So 2003, I went to my first Unleash Your Power Within um, in Sydney with Tony Robbins. That was the time which opened up my eyes and I started seeing things from a completely new way, things I had never thought about before. Then I started making changes and I started going on my personal development journey. 2006, I went to date with Destiny and that was an absolute life changer. It was at a time which I was struggling financially and I was so focused on being able to make money that I started neglecting my family. And it was there that Tony Robbins did a, um, a small intervention on me. And then I started to focus and woke up to myself and realized how much I actually had at home and started to focus on my family. And when I did that, everything else in my life started getting better. I started losing weight. My business started getting better. My mindset was better. I would start to become a better person again. 2012, I went to UPW with my wife. And I'm going to explain to you in the next slide why this is important to note here. In 2003, I made a promise to myself that I would take each one of my boys when they come of age to Tony Robbins so that they can have the experience and the learning at a much, much younger age. And I was fortunate enough to share this experience with my son, who's now 16 in 2017. And this year I went to UPW again with my middle child who's now 14. marriage and family. So this is my journey with Gina, my wife. So Gina and I fell in love in 1997. We got together in 1997 and this was a time we were both at university together and things started to get serious. Being from two different families, we had some uh, two different backgrounds, I should say. We had challenges um, with people um, and family members and whatnot, not, not actually accepting us being together. So in 2000, we ended up getting married. 2003, I had my first child and I had my transformation. Now, 2003 was a very important year in my life. And the reason for that, not only did I have my first child, it was also the year I bought my first property. It was also the year Gina took time off work and it was the year that I had a baby boy. So in that year, I had taken on a $450,000 mortgage. I was on a $45,000 income. And I had a baby boy. And if any, anyone assisting that has a child knows that having children is quite expensive. So in 2003, it was a very um, challenging year financially. And that's where I started getting into network marketing. And that's how I got into the Tony Robbins 
um, arena or the attorney of the scene, I should say, because that's how I got exposed to personal development. But it also opened up my eyes to so much more in the world. It was the time when I started becoming more entrepreneurial and started working towards a better life. 2011, this was another very, very important year for me and for Gina because 2011 was actually one of the hardest years of our life in a relationship. It was a time where I had moved, I'd lost a lot of weight, I was in a different mindset and Gina was pregnant and we were in two different places. Now, what had happened during that year, because we were in two different places, my mindset was in one direction, her mindset was in another direction, there was a very, very big divide between us to the point where at eight and a half months pregnant, we had to have an extremely hard discussion. We had to have an extremely hard conversation about the future of our relationship and where it was going to go. And it was during that time, the time of hardship, that we had started to put new rules for our relationship, new ways of which we are going to move forward. Then she had the baby and we started working on these new rules. In 2012, we went back to Tony Robbins together. 2012 was a great year because it was a year that we really, really focused on our relationship. It was the first year probably in our marriage since we had kids that we actually started looking at us, started focusing on us as a couple, not just the children and putting them first, which is what I discussed much earlier or in a couple size earlier. Now, when we went to Tony Robbins, this brought us both to a new level. It actually catapulted our relationship. We made some major, major changes to our relationship as well as some major commitments to our relationship to be able to move forward and make sure our relationship gets back to where it was and even better. 2019, the present and the future. Since 2012, that major change year, the year where we worked so hard to come back from the ashes, we made some rules that just because we are doing it now, it doesn't mean we stop. So we've kept on working on our relationship ever since then. And what that means is we are continuously, every single day, every single week, every single month, we are finding new heights for our relationship and new heights for our, uh, uh, for our love for each other to the point that we are now more in love today than we've ever been in love in the past. Igniting the passion in your relationship. What I'm gonna share with you now is the seven steps to passion, uh, to passion ignition. It's my, our trademark system that we put together. These are the exact same system, uh, steps that we've taken to make sure we bring our relationship back to where it was and even beyond. Seven steps to passion ignition. Step one. So this is what we do and what I do with my clients. So every time I work with, them, with, with someone to reignite the passion in their relationship, we work through these seven steps. The first step that I do with every single one of my clients is clarity. Get clear on where you wanna go. Find out exactly what it means to, for you to be happy in your relationship. What, are the, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? All the things, all your, um, all your senses, you bring them forward. You put strategic, you put very specific goals and pictures of exactly what you want to work towards. 
because many times in life, if we are not clear on our outcome, we are not clear on where we want to go, then we are not going to get where we want to go. And this is something that not only applies to relationships, but actually applies to every aspect of your life, whether it's your mindset, whether it's your relationships, whether it's your um, body, whether it's your business, your calling, your career. If you are clear on where you want to go, then you'll be able to achieve it just or have a much better chance of achieving it because of that clarity. For me, this was very important. The reason why I say this is very important was the number one thing in our system is because when I was a teenager, I saw many, many people who had relationships that I knew I did not want. I knew I didn't want those relationships. So as a young boy growing up, 14, 15, 16, I would envision, I would obsess, I would think, I would dream about what kind of relationship am I going to have? What kind of family am I going to have? I would envision it in my mind, all the things that I wanted. I would manifest that all in my mind. And then now, 25 30, or 25 years later um, or so, I actually have exactly what I thought about back then when I was 14, 15, 16. Manifestation of desires. This is about accepting what you are now and accepting where you want to go. This is more about acceptance of who you are and accepting your desires. This is where we go into things like the masculine and the feminine energies. We, we talk about the three vicious traits. Now, the three vicious traits, it's not something I'm going to cover here tonight or today. It's something that I cover in another masterclass. If you'd like to find out about the three vicious traits that are sabotaging men from achieving everything that they want, head over to mandecoder.io. The link is at the bottom of the screen there, mandecoder.io, and follow um, and follow that and you can actually get your hands on the three vicious traits that are sabotaging men. This is one of the things that we touch on in our manifestation of desires. We look at what we want and we look at the desires that we want and what we don't want so that we can go towards what we want and push away what we don't want. We look at possible solutions that are available. We look at possible, um, we look at different resources that are available to us and we start putting a plan together. Seeds of your needs. This is the third step. And this step is about understanding what it is and why you need what you need or want what you want. This is digging in deep. We dig very, very deep here. We dig up to seven levels deep to find out why you want what you want. Many people will say, I just want a brand new car or I want a Ferrari. But why? What does a Ferrari mean to you? Um, find out exactly why you want and what it is that you, uh, what you want and go from there. Passion Pistons. Passion Pistons is looking at what are the big movers that we need in our life. What are the things that we are going to do to be able to get what we want? So this is the Passion Pistons. We look at what are the big needle movers? What are the things that you can do right now is going to make a massive change? We look backwards to where we were and we look forwards to how we can re-implement those. Erosion of erotic blockages. 
this is where things start to get a little bit uh, sexy if you want. This is looking at things of what are the things that you can do to reignite the passion? What are the things that can give you in an upward spiral? And what are the things that you can do to go into, um, to bring up the passion back into your life? We also look at the things that are eroding and killing the passion and the eroticism in your, in your relationship. What are the things that are stopping you from doing all of that? Number six, fantasy to reality. This is where we start looking at what action we can take to be able to bring your dreams to reality, your fantasies to reality. What are the things that you have looked at in your clarity, your manifestation of desires, your seeds of your needs, your passion pistons? What are the things that are eroding um, the erosion, eroding the eroticism in your, um, in your relationship? Then we start looking at how can we take action to be able to get this fantasy into reality. And lastly, the last part of our seven steps to passion ignition is destination pleasure. This is where we get to celebrate. We get to, find, we get to finally bring everything together and celebrate everything that we have done and be able to, be able to after the action that we've taken, now celebrate where we are. We've gotten to our destination. We've gotten to the destination of where the relationship is going to be. And now we are in a pleasurable state. Now we are in a state where we can actually celebrate exactly what we need. Or exactly what we are planning, I should say. Now, this slide I want to talk to you about, if you are looking at moving your relationship to the next level, then what you need to do is invest in someone who invests in himself. And the reason why I say that is because you want to be with someone who's constantly getting better and better and better. You want to work with someone who's always has the latest and the best resources available that they can share with you. And the only way that's going to happen is by moving, by working with someone who actually invests in themselves. And that is very, very important. So I'm going to share with you here just some of the things that I have done in the, in the six months between July 2019 and the end of 2019, December 2019. In 2019, I've invested over $25,000 in my own personal development. Now, I say that again, not to impress you, but to impress upon you. I don't invest in myself purely for my own growth, which I also get, but it's also because I can contribute back to society and back to my customers and my clients. This is, these are the events that I have actually been to or going to between now and in, between July 2019 and December 2019. So I've gone to Breakthroughs to Success with Chris Howard. I've gone to National Achievers Conference with Success Resources, Grant Cardone's Business Bootcamp, Richmond Dean's Business Bootcamp, UPW 2019 with Tony Robbins, NLP practitioner training for the second time with Chris Howard, NLP master practitioner again with Chris Howard, speaker transformation journey, Chris Howard, billionaire bootcamp, Chris Howard, inspire and succeed with Sir Richard Branson. Now, if you were to take all of those learnings and have someone who's gone through all that transformation and they are able to provide you with the latest and the most cutting edge resources to be able to move your relationship to the next level, don't you think that would be the best way for you to move forward? So where to from here? Where to from here is very, very simple. 
What I want to offer you guys tonight is a call with me. I'm offering all of you a strategy or a, sorry, a mastery call, a reignition call for your relationship. To book that call with me, simply go to this URL, tiny.cc slash reignite. Click on that link, go to that URL and book in a call with me. You get a complimentary 15 to, uh, 15 to 30 minute call with me where we can speak about real strategies that you can implement directly into your relationship to start reigniting that relationship. And remember guys, your only limitation is the one you set up in your own mind. With that, I'll, I'll speak to you guys soon. Make sure you um, visit mandecoder.io for the three vicious traits that um, sabotage men and tiny.cc slash reignite. Thank you very much, guys, and have a great day. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com.